This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 265. Understand your identity. Have you ever felt like a failure or of no use to God or thought that God wouldn't want to answer your prayers? Till I first read Colin Urquhart's book, In Christ Jesus, I never realized how significant that little word in is in the New Testament. Understanding that as a Christian, you are in Christ Jesus revolutionizes how you see yourself, your self-image, your identity, and how you understand your value to God. Write your name on a piece of paper. Take hold of your Bible to represent Christ. Place the paper in the book and close it. You are in Christ. Where the book goes, you go. Where the paper goes, he goes. You're not part of the book, but you are now identified totally with the book. Paul uses this expression, in Christ Jesus, over and over again. God has taken hold of you and placed you in Christ. In Christ, you have received every spiritual blessing. All of the blessings, including those that the Old Testament speaks about, are yours in Christ. From Psalm 109. But you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. With my mouth, I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng of worshippers, I will praise him. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. The Blessings of God's Love and Healing You will bless, writes David. All of God's blessings flow out of his love for you out of the goodness of your love. God's love supports you and helps you to stand, even when others scorn and curse you. He stands at your right hand. God saves our lives. He heals our wounded hearts. David says, my heart is wounded within me. God loves to use people who've been wounded and then healed, because no one can minister better than a person who's had the same wound and then been healed by God. Lord, thank you for your wonderful love for me. Heal my wounded heart and help me to bring healing to others. New Testament from Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The blessings of being in Christ Jesus. Many struggle with a low self-image. The New Testament answer to this problem is to know that you are in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Understand that your identity is in Christ. While you may not have every material blessing you want, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This passage lists many of these blessings. First, grace and peace. Paul starts his greetings with grace and peace. Later, he says the riches of God's grace have been lavished on us. Grace is love that cares and stoops and rescues. You have peace with God. Second, chosen, destined, and adopted. Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ. Before the foundation of the world, he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children. Third, redeemed, forgiven, and free. You are redeemed through his blood. Redeemed was the word used for the buying back of a slave, a captive set free for a price. Your sins are forgiven. Marganita Lasky, a well-known atheist, made an amazing confession on television. She said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. She added rather sadly, I have no one to forgive me. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. Fourth, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to live within you. In the ancient world, when a package was dispatched, a seal was placed on it to indicate where it had come from and to whom it belonged. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Fifth, hope for the future. Your inheritance is guaranteed. You have the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge and foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and are acquiring complete possession of it. You have the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Sixth, power and position. His incomparably great power for us who believe is in you. This is not power as the world sees it, which people strive to achieve through possession, status or social media following, nor is it power achieved by force or human strength. This power comes from the Holy Spirit. Power belongs to God, but 
He has come to live within you and given you endless energy, boundless strength. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. God has placed us in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. Seventh, authority and responsibility. In Christ, God has placed everything under you for the sake of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. At her coronation, when the orb, the globe under a cross, was placed in her hand, the queen was reminded, when you see this orb set under the cross, remember that the whole world is subject to the power and empire of Christ, our Redeemer. God has given you great responsibility. His plans for the universe are now in the hands of the church, which is Jesus' body on earth. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Lord, I praise you for every spiritual blessing that you have given me in Christ. May the eyes of my heart be enlightened in order that I may know the hope to which you call me, the riches of your glorious inheritance and your incomparably great power living within me. Old Testament from Isaiah 51 to 54. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim salvation, who to say to Zion, your God reigns. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by humankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Blessings of the Good News of Jesus Isaiah writes, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. God's salvation is such good news that it makes even the smelly feet of the messenger seem beautiful. This good news is Isaiah's message in the next chapter. It is the last and greatest of the four servant songs that reveal God's plan of salvation. There are five stanzas, each revealing an unexpected contrast. First, apparent failure and actual success. The cross shatters human expectations. Here Isaiah foretells Jesus' scourging and death, his ruined face disfigured past recognition. Yet the cross is not the end. The stanza ends in success and triumph with an image of cleansing and forgiveness across the world. He will sprinkle many nations. Second, our view and God's view. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Here we see a contrast between God's view and the human view. 
Isaiah foresees that the people would reject Jesus, even though he came to save them. Third, our sin and his suffering. Jesus loves you so much that he died instead of you. That is the message at the heart of this passage, indeed of the whole Bible. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises we get healed. We all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. Wow. Forth the guilty and the innocent. This stanza tells us of a miscarriage of justice, but one that the innocent Jesus took upon himself voluntarily to bring salvation. He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. It also predicts Jesus' death with extraordinary accuracy, foreseeing his silence at his trial that he would die with the guilty and that he would be buried with the rich. Fifth, tragedy and triumph. What looked like defeat was in fact a victory, which God had in mind all along. What makes Jesus' death a triumph? First, we see his offspring and make many righteous, the millions of transformed lives, which are the fruit of his death. Second, he'll see the light of life. Jesus rose again. Lastly, God's exalted him, giving him a portion among the great because of all he did for us. As a result of all that Jesus did for us, we are promised expansion and growth. You need not be afraid because your maker is your husband. His love and compassion will never leave you. No weapon formed against you will prevail. Lord, thank you for the good news of the gospel that through your suffering I am made righteous. Help me to expect great things from you and attempt great things for you. Pepper adds, Isaiah 54 verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. This is a constant challenge for me, not to play it safe, but to keep going for growth.